chapter number 10. As strongly as I feel in my heart that I know, I feel equally as strong as somebody in the building you don't know that your name's written there. And it's not good enough for me to know for you to know. Can't get in on the fact that I know or that somebody else in the building you love knows. Can't get in on what somebody else has or what somebody else has done. But you'll have to know for yourself. It's a personal thing, this thing of salvation. Salvation is not a universal work. Salvation is not a collective work. Salvation is a personal, individual work from a holy God on a wretched sinner. And that's how we know. We know. Now I've been with some of you long enough that I'm pretty sure about you. But really I'm the only one I can say for sure I know about. It's because it's a personal work. The writer of the song said I was there when it happened, so I guess I ought to know. <clears throat> and so I feel like there's somebody here tonight you don't know. I felt that way. I was sitting on the pew at Brother Ken Jenkins' church on Monday night. And the Lord brought this scripture to my heart and these thoughts. And I've not been able to get away from them. The Lord has set the atmosphere tonight. Speak to your heart. And so I want to obey his voice tonight. Romans chapter 10, I begin reading verse number 13. Very familiar scripture, but I'm going to read it and put it and preach it. God will help me in its context. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want to ask you a question tonight that the Lord has put on my heart. On have you heard? Have you heard? Now we all know verse number 13. We can all quote it well. It's probably one of the most well-known and probably one of the most misused verses in all the Word of God. You say, preacher, how can you say that a verse that says whoever will call on the Lord shall be saved, how can that be misused? Because it's never put in its context. It is not, salvation is not a decision that you come to one day. 
Salvation is not a choice that you make. I understand that the mind, the will, the intellect of man, the emotions, it's all involved, but it's not only that. But the Bible said how, and that is right, the scripture's there, whoever, whosoever. I'm glad it is a whosoever will doctrine. I'm glad salvation is to whosoever will. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But the writer said how can they call on somebody they've not believed in? And then the people of our day say, well, just believe and call. But the Bible said, how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? According to Scripture here, you must hear in order to believe. The Scripture said, how shall they hear? without a preacher and not just any preacher will do and not just any man that carries a Bible will do and not just any message in the pulpit will do but the Bible said how should they preach except they be sent and that is the calling of God how can a man preach without the calling of God the answer is he can't how can a man preach without the anointing of God the answer is he can't but preaching is not preaching without the unction and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And according to scriptures, the Bible says Paul uh, was dealing with some divisions in the church at Corinth and he said it pleased God uh, through the foolishness of preaching uh, to save them that believe. Uh, preaching the gospel and the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God is the chosen method of God uh, to deal with the hearts of sinners. And I believe according to scriptures that you cannot be born again unless you hear the gospel preached in power. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. Well, let's look in the scripture. Let's look where we read tonight. The Bible said faith. Faith is not of you. Faith is of God. You have no faith in yourself. It must be given to you by God. A saving faith does not abide in a man. It is a gift of God. According to Ephesians chapter 2, we're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. The faith is not of us. It goes on to say it is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift, but faith is not of us. It is of God. And in order to get faith, the Bible said in verse 17, faith cometh by him. But then it says, now I want you to look in your Bible tonight. I'm just going to preach what's on my heart. It said, faith cometh by him. It does not then say, and hearing the word of God. But it says, and hearing by the word of God. So if we're gonna if we're gonna rightly divide the scriptures and take it in its context the way the language is written, it will be read like this. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing cometh by the word of God. You say I don't understand how I, I can hear. No, you can't without the Holy Ghost opens the spiritual ear of your inner man in order to hear the word of God. And it is the preaching of the word of God that opens the ear through the Holy Ghost of the inner man to hear what he needs to hear to be able to have imparted unto him saving faith that he might believe and call and be born again. You 
say you're taking that scripture a little far. Well, why then when Jesus wrote his letter to the seven churches, why did he ask the question, he that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the church. You cannot hear what the Spirit saith without the Spirit opening your ear to be able to hear. It's not hearing with these ears. It's hearing with this ear. This is the ear God speaks to. This is the ear God deals with. And faith cometh by hearing. And hearing cometh by the word of God. You must hear in order to be born again. I want to know tonight, have you ever heard? Have you heard the gospel preached to you? I'm not asking if you've ever heard a message preached to the congregation. I'm not asking tonight if you've ever heard the preacher preach something that maybe impressed you or made you feel good or maybe even something that made you feel bad or maybe something that maybe even made you examine yourself or have a strike of conscience. I want to know if you have ever heard the gospel preached to you. Has God ever made it personal to you? Has He ever opened your eyes to the fact that you are the one that's standing in need of God? Has He ever made you aware of the fact that you're the guilty sinner? That you're the lost individual? I see the light of the song wrote, I'm glad I got lost so I could be found. That wonderful night. Nobody needs to be found that ain't lost. Nobody needs to be saved that ain't lost. And so it takes the preaching of the Word of God and the conviction of the Holy Ghost to open your eyes to the fact that you're a sinner and you take your place in the eyes of the Holy God. Have you ever heard? The Lord began to arrest my heart on Monday. And it took my heart through the Word of God to two individuals and I never had saw it like this before until the blessed Holy Ghost worked it in me and I'm going to preach it to you how He gave it to me and I won't be very long but I believe with all that's in me there's somebody here tonight and the Holy Ghost is opening the ear of your heart and the Word of God's going to be preached into your heart and your inner man's going to hear that you must be born again. Uh, the Lord took me to the Gospel of Mark to a woman who had an issue of blood and she needed to be fixed. Now I'm going to tell you tonight if you're a sinner and you've never been born again, you got an issue of blood that needs to be fixed. It's because of the nature that's in your blood is why you need to be fixed. It's not that you've been a, that you've sinned, but it's the fact that you're a sinner. See, being, doing your sins don't make you a sinner. You sin because you already are a sinner. The Bible said that we're shaping in iniquity. David said, "In sin did my mother conceive me." Paul said, "For by one man, that is Adam, death entered in, and death by sin is now passed upon all men, for that all have sinned." We focus in this day about the fact that people are sinners by practice and sinners by choice. But we forget or leave off the part that people are sinners by nature. 
We have a sinful nature. We have to have a change of nature. That's what salvation does. The Bible said, any man that be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away and all things have become new. And there's a woman and she had tried everything she could do and she didn't get any better. But actually the scripture said she grew worse. Now I'm going to tell you, you can try religion, but it won't make you any better. Matter of fact, it'll just make you worse. You can try a profession. Now, I understand that when we get born again, uh, there is a profession put inside of us that ought to come out uh, somewhere along the line. But there's a whole lot of people uh, that have staked their claim on a profession uh, that have never really been born again. You can talk about a trip to the altar and thank God for the altar. I'm glad for the altar. I got saved at the altar. But it wasn't because of the altar. It was because I was a sinner. And I was under conviction. I didn't have to have an altar. I'm telling you, wherever God deals with your heart, wherever you become broken and come to Him on the terms of the gospel, that becomes your altar. Whether it's an altar in the church or beside the road or down beside the bed or in front of the couch, you don't have to have anything, I mean, a ceremonial in this day. Just come when God calls you. But the Bible said she spent all she had, tried many physicians, was nothing better but rather good worse. I want you to hear what the gospel said. It said when she heard of Jesus, I, the Lord worked that in me. You know how you hear of somebody? You hear of somebody by someone else that's had an experience. Now I don't know it's not in the gospel. I'm just reading between the lines and preaching how the Lord put it on my heart. I don't know who it was that told her about their experience with the Lord. Maybe it was old Zacchaeus. Maybe he told her about that day that he climbed up in the sycamore tree when nobody else cared about him and everybody else hated him. But the Lord loved him and took him as he was and went to his house and changed him forever. Maybe she heard of Jesus from Zacchaeus from his experience maybe she heard about, 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 about that woman that was at the well when Jesus came at the night there and there she was and she come in when nobody else is around in the hottest part of the day having had five husbands and living with one but it wasn't her own and he spoke to her and she didn't understand he is a Jew she is a woman of Samaria that was bad enough not to mention all the things she had done but I'm glad when she got done she went into town saying come see a man who has told me all things ever I did is not this the Christ Maybe this woman with the issue of blood was one of them people that she said, come see a man too. I don't know, the list could go on and on and on and on and on and on. Maybe there's some lepers that said there's a day he passed by where we were. And we went to him and said, Lord, will you make us clean? And they made us clean. Maybe there's some dead folk that said we was dead, but he made us alive. Maybe there's some blind folk that said we are just sitting there and didn't know what to do but the Lord came by and gave us our sight it doesn't matter where she heard it from but she heard from somebody that had an 
and experience of Jesus. I thought whoever it was you heard from is a type of the preacher. I'm just here tonight to tell you of him. I've had an experience with him. There's a day the writer said I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I thought about his brother Tim testified tonight. I can identify. I don't know how many professions that I made before I ever really got to goods. I know of at least three that I made that I never really got born again. Sometimes I went because other people went. Sometimes I went because I was afraid. I understand that fear plays its part, but fear is just not enough. Your eyes have to be open to your standing in the sight of God. You have to understand, and you can't understand without the help of the Holy Ghost that you're an offender, that you're an enemy of God, that God's right and you're wrong, that you're headed to hell and deserve to go. But I'm glad for the day that He saved my soul. I remember walking into that church on a Sunday night. And I'm going to be honest with you tonight, I went because my, uh, she wasn't my wife then, but she is now because she was there. That's why I went. That's the way we got to see each other when we was growing up. If we was going to date, we had to go to church. And I went because she was there. I don't remember who preached, but I remember what happened. Uh, the Holy Ghost showed up and he showed me I was lost. I tried to make every excuse in the book. I tried to give him my religion, but it wouldn't do. I tried to give him my profession, but it wouldn't do. I tried to give my church membership, but it wouldn't do. That sounds like that woman with the issue of blood, don't it? I tried everything I could try, and it might have put the band-aid on, but it didn't make me no better underneath the band-aid. Everything's getting worse and worse and worse. And I left that Sunday night a sinner. Never had been a sinner before. Oh, I've been a sinner, but I never had been a sinner. You understand what I'm saying? I was always a sinner, but I didn't know it. Until that Sunday night, I knew it. The Holy Ghost opened my eyes, turned the light switch on in my dark soul, brought me face to face with who I was and what I was. And without the grace of God, if I'd have died that night, I'd have went to a devil's hell and I'd be there today. And I walked out a sinner. And the preacher that night said, I believe we're going to start revival tomorrow night. And we come back in on Monday night, I was still a sinner. And I went through the night on Sunday, I couldn't sleep. I laid awake at night, tossed and turned in the bed. I didn't want nothing to eat, wasn't happy about nothing. I was miserable. I mean, I was so far at the bottom. I was as low as any man could ever go. And I'm going to tell you, for you to get born again, that's what it'll take for you. The Bible said it's a common salvation. That don't mean that it's average or cheap. That means that we all get it the same way. We might have different details, but we all come through the same and I come back on Monday night under conviction miserable and I left under conviction miserable went home miserable laid down in the bed miserable I asked the Lord to leave me alone I sure am glad he didn't leave me alone if he left me alone I'd be in bad shape tonight I remember and I've told you before you tell me you can tell it better than I can but it's a bubbling up in my heart tonight there's a wandering hall like that and I tell you my grandma's house where I grew up that thing would make all kinds of noise when it come on it's in the middle of January it's cold winter and 
that monitor come on in the night two or three times. I'd get up, get out of my bed, go down the hall just to check and see if everything was okay. I was afraid. You say, why, preacher? I was going to hell. And God let me know I was going and know that I deserve to go. And I do deserve to be there tonight. And so do you. And would be there. But for the grace of God. I got up on Tuesday morning and I went to school and I was miserable at school. Everybody else seemed so happy and I wasn't happy. And maybe that's how you are tonight. But maybe you come in and we started singing all them songs and people started smiling and you didn't have anything you could smile about. And people started laughing and you didn't have anything you could laugh about. And people started testifying and saying there's glad to be glad. And you ain't got nothing to be glad about. Well, that's how I was on Tuesday. And I went back to church on Tuesday night. I walked through the door. I said there's something different about the church tonight but I didn't know what it was. I make my way to the choir. I was going to put on my show just like I'd been doing. What nobody knew but me and God. But that's all that mattered. He knew. And he was the only one that mattered. I got up on the back pew of the choir of Indian Creek Baptist Church on this side. We begun to sing. I don't know what was sung. But it started ringing in my heart. Folks started praying. Folks started testifying. Folks started shouting. Folks started singing. And God got to deal in my heart. There's a young boy down the front. He walked across, picked up his guitar, and walked back across the stage. I about at that point had about all I could take. I mean, I was trying to resist it, but he was getting me closer to the line every time. That boy walked out his guitar. I said, I got a mind the Lord. That's all he said. I sat down on the chair and began to strum Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I run up the white flag. I said, it's enough. I can't take it no more, God. I spilled out of the back pew of the choir. I grabbed my preacher on the front pew. I jerked him in the hall behind me. I don't know why I did that. It just seemed like the thing to do. But I didn't need to talk to him. I need to talk to God. I'm glad I got to talk to him. You say, what did you say, preacher? I don't know. I just remember saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. I don't know how many times I said it. But I'm going to tell you tonight, one of them times took, and he saved me. And now I've got something to tell. I'm telling you of him. I'm telling you what he can do. I've had an experience with him. Oh, the Apostle Paul had his experience. Every time he got the opportunity, he told it again. You say, what's he doing, preacher? He's telling of Jesus. Every time he told it, I'm going to tell you, people say, and don't fall out with me right here. I'm just learning along the journey just like you are. I thought the night I got saved it couldn't get any better. But guess what? It's even better tonight than it was the day I got saved. And I believe it's the same for Apostle Paul. Every time he told it, it got better and better and better. The old preacher said it's getting gooder and gooder. I know that ain't right English, but it's right. The right road, the longer I serve him, the sweeter he grows. I'm glad tonight to know that I'm saved. And you can me too. Oh, Paul had that experience on the Damascus Road. 
He said, Paul, what happened to you? He said, well, let me tell you. He said, I had letters in my hand. I was going down yonder to arrest them. Any I found out this way. I hated the church. I hated anybody in the church. I hated this Jesus of Nazareth. I stood and watched them stone Stephen and I hagged them all. I said, go ahead, boys. That's one more we don't have to put up with. But he said, while I was going, he said, there's a light shone out of heaven and it knocked me off the beast and I fell down on my face. He said, I heard a voice out of heaven saying, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And the Bible said the other men with him, they heard a voice but they didn't see their man. I think old Paul saw the man. He might not have seen him with these eyes, but he saw him with these eyes and he loved to change man. A few books later, they said, Paul, what happened to you? He said, oh, let me tell you. He said, I was going down yonder to the Damascus Road. He said, I was going to persecute the church. He said, I was doing in ignorance. But he said, I hated him much. And he said, as I was going, he said, there's a great light. At first he just said, it's a light. And now he says, it's a great light. It shone down around me. And he said, I let the change man. A few books later, they said, Paul, what happened to you? He said, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you. He said, I was going down yonder the Damascus Road. And he said, this time there's a bright light, a brighter than the noonday sun that's shone out of heaven. You say, what was happening, preacher? It's getting better all the time. I'm telling you, say, why you act like that? It's just getting better all the time. Yes, sir. How long remember? It might have been Brother Tim said it in Sunday school the other day. But I got it on my heart, so I'm going to tell it again. I heard Brother Hanley maybe tell it the first time about there's going to have a commemoration service for Bob Jones University when the old man, Bob Jones Sr., was still alive when they was right and preached the truth and knew God. And they thought, well, it'd be fitting how we couldn't have this kind of commemoration, you know, without having Daddy say something. We'll just give him a few minutes. He didn't have his right mind. He had Alzheimer's, couldn't remember nothing. They, they tell me that two men took him by the hand and he trembled and barely could go. And they took him up there to the pulpit and put his hands on the pulpit. He blinked his eyes and rubbed them a minute and looked around and realized he was standing in his pulpit. He said, I don't know what them boys want me to say. But he said, I'd like to tell you about a day when I was a 12-year-old boy. He said, the Holy Ghost come by my way and he saved my soul. They come and got him. People ate me and they hollered and shouted. They come and got him and said, that's fine, Daddy. He turned around, got loose from them, come back to the pulpit. He said, them boys want me to say something I don't know what they want me to say but he said I'd like to tell you about when I was a 12 year old boy the Holy Ghost came by where I was and he saved my soul they got him loose from the pulpit and he swung around I grabbed a hold of it again he said well we're here today I don't know what we're here today to celebrate but I don't know why this crowd's here but why are you here I thought it'd be a good time to tell you when I was a 12 year old boy the Holy Ghost came to where I was and he saved my soul you say what's happening preacher it's getting gooder and gooder and better and better I'm going to tell you there's something about being born again that even dementia can't take away and Alzheimer's can't take away I'm glad I know that I know that I'm born again (laughs) 
Brother Jeffrey Oakley showed me a video. I ain't much for telling stories, but boys, so what bubbling in me? Brother Jeremy Oakley showed me a video of an old lady in a nursing home who had dementia and she didn't know who she was, didn't know her children, didn't know her husband, half of them was dead, and she still called her name. And Brother Jeremy went to see her every now and again. I don't remember what her name was. She's a little frail little woman sitting in a wheelchair. And he said, Sister so-and-so, do you know who I am? She said, I think I've seen your face before, but I don't know who you are. Are you one of my kids? Are you my husband? He said, no, sister, I'm Brother Jeremy Oakley. He said, ask her a few more questions and she didn't have a clue. I said, do you know where you are? She said, no, I don't reckon I know where I am. He called her name and said, can you tell me about the day you got saved? And that little old frail woman had a young woman's eyes again. And she got to tell it. She said, there's having a revival down there at the Missionary Baptist Church. And she said, I was a lost sinner. And she said, I walked up on the steps outside the church. And she said, I didn't even get inside. And she said, it felt like a hot pan of dishwater hit me in the face. And the Holy Ghost came where I was. And I knelt down on the steps right there. And he saved me. I said, I come to myself shouting. And my husband saying, what are you doing? Oh, we're going to have to take you home. And she said, either get in with me or leave me alone. And the Lord saved me. I'm going to you say, what's happening, preacher? It's getting better all the time. All them stories are wonderful. I remember I stood in the pulpit of a church in Tennessee where I was the pastor. We had a wing on this side of the church where they had knocked it out and added on to have more seats. As long as I'd been there, I'd been there about a year. And I'd heard this family tell about their grandpa. He had suffered a massive stroke and he couldn't speak. He wasn't at church, never had been there since I'd been there. But evidently on that Sunday is a pretty day in the summer and he felt like he could come to church. So they put on a pair of jogging breeches. That's all he could put on and they helped him up the ramp to that side of the church and they set him down and being the pastor I went over before church and I called his name I said it's good to see you tonight I appreciate you being here and we've been along to see you and he just mumbled hey, you know yeah 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 that's about all I'm not making fun of it that's about all he could do just yeah 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 I said yeah I know and we're just glad to have you and I went back I got up in the pulpit that night and before I preached something strong hit me and said somebody needs to test I said, anybody got anything on their heart they need to say? And I looked out of the corner of my eye. I saw a movement over here. And that old man grabbed a hold of the pew in front of him and pulled himself up. And as clear as I'm talking tonight, he said, I want to thank the Lord for saving me. And he sat back down. I went back to him after the service. I said, I appreciate your testimony tonight. He said, yeah, 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 yeah. It's all he couldn't. You say, what happened? It's getting better all the time. I'm not talking about man-made stuff. I'm not talking about made-up stuff. I'm not talking about fairy tales of fiction. I'm talking about reality. That being born again is a reality. And anybody that's ever had an experience with him, they can tell you of him. But that's all I can do tonight is tell you of him. I'm having a good time telling you of him. But that's all I can do is tell you what happened to me. But about four chapters later, there's a man named Blind Bartimaeus sitting by the highway side begging. And there's a commotion come through the street. 
And he said, what's going on? And the Bible said, when he heard, she heard of Jesus from somebody who had an experience. But the Bible said when he heard that it was Jesus. You say, how'd he do that? From eyewitness. It was somebody else that said he's here. I'm going to tell you tonight, I can tell you about what's going on in my heart, he's here. But it's going to take somebody bigger than me to tell you he's here. Those that have an experience are a type of the preacher or a type of the child of God. But the eyewitness is a type of the Holy Ghost. And he's the one thumping in your heart tonight. I tell you he's here. It's not a figment of your imagination. It's not a fairy tale. It's just not a sudden attack of conscience. It's not just a bad feeling inside. It's Jesus and he's here. See that eyewitness? He had the commission that when he said it is Jesus... Brian Bartimaeus went to crying out. You say, preacher, what I gotta do? If you know who you are and the Holy Ghost has made it real to you and you know you're a sinner and you're under conviction, you say, preacher, how do I know you'll know? God don't leave stuff like that to down. He does it in reality. But if you know tonight it's you and you're the one that don't know, oh, you know you're a sinner, but you couldn't sing, I know my name's there. Oh, you couldn't shout, I know, I know, I truly know. There's somebody bigger than me here tonight. And the Holy Ghost is telling you, there's a man named Jesus and he's passing by. You say, what do I do, preacher? You do what the Bible said. Whosoever shall call. That's what Bartimaeus did. He cried. He called. Now, son of David, have mercy on me. Some of them said, be quiet. Don't bother him. You say, well, who was that preacher as a flesh and as a devil? And that's who's speaking in your ear tonight. That's saying, don't go tonight. The devil will never tell you not to get saved. He'll just say, not tonight. Don't go tonight. Don't worry about it tonight. Don't cry out tonight. But I'm telling you, don't worry about him. And don't worry about your friend. That said, when they tried to stop him, he cried the more. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. You say, did it work, preacher? I'm going to tell you how much it worked. My Bible tells me that Jesus was passing by. That meant he was coming and going through. But something called his attention. Of somebody that nobody else would. He had an old beggar's coat, had a beggar's cup, couldn't feed himself, couldn't provide for himself. Everybody else passed him by. Every once in a while, he might have dropped a penny here and a nickel there, but they kept right on going. But there's a sound called the ear of the Savior. And the Bible said, He stood still. That's right. And He commanded for Him to be called. I know you can believe what you want to. I know it ain't in there, but it's in there. I think the same one 
that told him it was Jesus was the same one come running back where he was and said we got good news rise be of good comfort he called thee Bartimaeus said me he wants me and the witness said yes sir he wants you I'm going to tell you that blessed Tuesday night I come to realization he wanted me I couldn't hardly believe it myself but the Holy Ghost said don't worry about it just come on He's a calling for you. And you're sitting back there tonight, ringing and a twisting, and you're unsettled and you're unnerved and you're afraid. You say, What's the matter with me, preacher? You're under condemnation and you're under conviction of sin. The Holy Ghost is opening your eyes to the realization that you're an offender in the eyes of God, that you're headed to hell and you deserve to go there. And God in His holiness could send you there now, but He's having mercy on you. And the Holy Ghost is trying to tell you to rise up from where you are. Don't sit in your lost state, but come to Him. He's calling you. That's right. Yes, yes, yes. He said, What I got to do, preacher? You just got to come. The Bible said, He casting away His garment. You say, what was that preacher? That's what identified him. Everybody that walked by could tell by his garment that he was a beggar. But he got up that day and he said, I don't need this no more. And he went over where the Lord was. And the Lord said, what shall I do for thee? And Bartimaeus said, I just want to receive my side. And the Bible said, Jesus said, be thou made whole. And gave him his sight. You say, what I need, preacher? You need him to give him your sight back. You need him to touch your eyes. You need him to open your eyes and let you see. To make you whole, to change your life. To change your destination, change your eternity. To change your forever. He can do it tonight. I'm glad for the day I heard of him. And I'm more glad for the day I heard it was him that was passing by my way. I'm glad for the day the invitation was given. I'm not talking about one on the piano or one on the music or one by the preacher or one by the choir leader. I'm talking about one by the Holy Ghost. And he said, just get up from where you are. It's going to be okay. He's a calling for you. I sure am glad for the day that he called for me. And he's a calling for you tonight. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing by the Word of God. And he's a calling your name. You say, preacher, what I do, heed his voice. Come to him. Rise up from where you are. Be of good comfort. He's a calling thee. He's calling thee. I can't give you the invitation tonight. I'm not qualified. Nobody else can give you the invitation tonight. But the Holy Ghost, He's passed by this way tonight. And He's a touch in your heart. And deep down in the inside, you're probably feeling the same way I did. Thinking, I wish this feeling would go away. And I wish the Lord would just leave me alone. You don't want Him to leave you alone. But I can tell you how all that feeling can go away. If you just come to Him, cry out to Him, 
Call out to him. He'll make all that condemnation, all that guilt, all that shame, all that agony, all that trouble inside. He'll make all that go away. And he'll bring in sweet peace and joy and contentment and satisfaction and make you a new creature. And as real as it was for Bartimaeus to go from being blind to having his sight, it'll be just as real for you to go from being a sinner, to go to being a child of God, to go from being lost and headed to hell, to go to being saved and headed for heaven. Won't you come tonight as we stand all over the house? I'm done. I've done what's on my